And so when two believers in Jesus Christ would come upon each other on the road, they weren't sure if they were on the same side or not. And so a rumor has it, or legend has it, that uh, they would walk up to each other and in the dirt, one would kind of go like this in the dirt and just kind of do this with his toe. And if the other person did this, then they knew that they were both believers. They were followers in Jesus Christ. The fish stood for Jesus saying, I will make you fishers of men. But it also stood for something else. It stood for five letters, Greek letters. This is, I, I don't even want to say it. It's a Yoda. It's ascribed to Jesus first. This is the Kai, the Theos, or Theta. Uh, okay. The Upsilon and the Sigma. Okay? There's your Greek lesson for the day. The Yoda stood for Jesus, Yesu, Jesus. Theta stood, or, uh, the Chi stood for Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. A lot of people go, Xmas. Oh, don't X out Christ. But this actually stood for Christ in ancient times. The Theta stood for God, Theos. Uh, the Upsilon stood for Hijo. Oh, that's Spanish, sorry. Son. It actually makes more sense in Spanish. And then the S, the Sigma, stood for Soter, Soteriology salvation. So this acronym stood for Jesus Christ, God's Son, Savior. And so they would do this in the sand to be sure, are you okay? Do you ex accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Now one of the earliest confessions of the church was Jesus is Lord. I mean, we have long confessions now. I understand the Presbyterian Church USA is talking about rewriting a new confession. But we say the Apostles' Creed sometimes. Uh, I believe in God the Father Almighty. So the earliest confession, Jesus is Lord. And what's today? Today is Christ the King Sunday, right? This is the culmination of the liturgical calendar. It's the last day of the liturgical year. Next week we start new. It's Advent. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Uh, that's why I had to change the, the colors to white. I was like, uh-oh. White symbolizes Christ's lordship, symbolizes him as king. Now, the reason why it was not good to be a Christian is because you recognize that Jesus was king. Jesus was lord. It's that whole lord of lords and king of kings thing that Handel got all excited about in the Messiah. So, and, to, and Caesar just kind of didn't like that. Um, ignore the neighbors downstairs. So they're, they're rocking and rolling again. They heard that upon this rock, and they started saying, oh, rock, what? Um, so, so Caesar didn't like this because he said, I'm the king. There is no king but Caesar. And that's why Christians were put to death. It was uh, 
they were terribly tortured um, and imprisoned and enslaved and sometimes thrown into the lions or to, uh, to fight each other, whatever. So now I've oftentimes said that people go through two conversions in their life. People accept Jesus as Savior. He's my Savior. He saved me from my past sins. He saved me from, well, from hell. Accepting Jesus as Savior is kind of your get-out-of-hell card, right? It's, it's, your, it's your fire insurance, right? I accept Jesus as Savior. But at some point along the line, I think people also go through a second conversion and accept Jesus as Lord. It takes a little while. It's kind of like you're sitting, uh, well, there's that verse, and I think it's in the bulletin. Uh, Jesus is saying, listen, I'm standing at the door and knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come into you and eat with you and you with me. Revelation 3.20. And that's where we get that, that idea or that concept of inviting Jesus into our heart. Because we believe that that door that Jesus is standing at is the door of your heart. And Jesus is knocking. And if we would just let him in. And most of us are sitting, you know, quietly. Yes, Jesus, come on in. Make yourself at home. You know, everything is open to you. The refrigerator is over there. The restroom is over there. Everything's good, Jesus. You're okay. And we accept him into our heart. And uh, he's the savior of our life. And isn't that great? Um, but Bill Bright kind of brings up this interesting concept that inside of our heart there is a throne. Now you understand why the chair's here. There's a throne, and we all sit on this throne. Um, he uses the letter S sometimes as self. Sometimes he uses the letter E for ego, that we sit on the throne of our life. The throne represents who's in control, who has power, and it's my life. I have the control. I have the power. But he says, how are things going in your life when you're sitting on the throne of your life? Maybe it gets a little out of control. And we're fine, Jesus. Just have a seat. Go ahead, wherever you want. Uh, but Bill Bright says, who's sitting on the throne of your life? The story is that two dogs and a cat were killed in a terrible accident, and they went to heaven. And so God was sitting on his throne, and they came before God, and, and God said to the first dog, why do you believe that I should let you into my heaven? And the dog said, well, I'm a Rottweiler, and I am protective, and I have protected your sons and daughters. And God said, okay, sit at my right hand. And he said to the other dog, why do you believe I should let you into my heaven? And the dog said, well, I'm a golden retriever, and I have so great love and loyalty to your sons and daughters. And God said, okay, you may sit at my left hand. And then he looked at the cat and said, why do you believe that I should let you into my heaven? And the cat said, I believe you're sitting in my seat. The lesson today is don't be a cat. (laughs) 
That's the difference between accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Jesus Christ as Lord. When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord, we actually get off the seat of our lives and say, okay, you're in charge, you're in control, and I will sit at your feet in my life, in all areas of my life. Um, the, Paul writes in Colossians, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of creation. For in Him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and visible, invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through Him and for Him. He Himself is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that He might come to have first place in everything. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him God was pleased to reconcile Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of His cross. Jesus Christ is everything. He's in charge. He is the beginning. He is the end. He is the present. So I want to kind of offer, and you might want to write some of these points down of areas of our lives that we sometimes struggle with giving control to Jesus Christ. So the first area of control is the past. How are you doing with the past? Does the past haunt you? Do you Think about the past. Oh, if only I had done this. If only I had not done this. That past can haunt us. It can actually control us. Can you give that over to Jesus Christ and let him take control of the past? What about the present? Second, present. What about the present? Do you worry? Are you a worrier? Do you stay up at night because you're worried about what's going on in your life? I never do. Okay, I sometimes, okay, I do a lot. This is an area that I need to relinquish over to Jesus Christ constantly. It was funny, I was having a conversation with Sophia the other night, and she said, well, honey, you just have to give it over to God. And I said, don't preach to the preacher. I know this stuff. So it takes a while to get from here to the throne of my heart, right, to give that over to Jesus Christ. Um, so, First is past, the second is the present, and a you know, logical step, the future. The same can be true for the future. What was, what's going to happen? What's going to come next? Where's God going to lead me? All these things, we can get caught up in the future. Let it go. Give it over to Jesus Christ. You know, there's that old phrase, let go and let God. Well, that's, that's yeah, that's okay. In fact, there's a song I want our sanctuary singers to do sometime called Let God Be God. Great. It's just this powerful piece about giving control over. But the future can sometimes paralyze us. What hold, and who holds the future? God, right? So give that over, that control over to Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to jump over to some other areas. The area of our spiritual lives. Well, Man, if I got that one down, Jesus is in control of my spiritual life, no problem. Jesus is in control of my spiritual life. Um, so is he Lord of your spiritual life? How much time do you spend praying? How much time do you spend reading his word? How much time do you spend in meditation? I like to say that Paul likens the relationship between Jesus 
and his children to uh, a husband and wife. So if you spend as much time with your spouse as you do with Jesus Christ, would you have a good marriage? I see my spouse once every once a week on Sunday at 10 o'clock. It's great. We have an hour together, and then we don't see each other for another week. And sometimes I miss. Yeah, so our spiritual is Jesus Christ the Lord of your spiritual life. What about your social life? I love this one as a single man. Okay, Lord, you can have control of, of my, my social life, but by the way, just... Come on, scooch over a little bit. I'll take control for just, I'm not sure you really understand what it's like to be a human. Um, Jesus, you never had to deal with the internet and social media. You don't understand. I didn't write that one down, but the Lord, he should be the Lord of your social media too. Um, But family too. Your parents, if your parents are still with us, your siblings, your spouse, your children, your grandchildren. Boy, it's tough as a, as a dad how I want to control my kids. You know, if you... Do I dare do this? I, I met my, my daughter's new boyfriend this past week. Uh, Jesus, you can just sit over here on this one. <laughs> right? Yeah, you can, you can be in control for a while, but not too long. Um, so, spiritual, social, physical. Is Jesus the Lord of your body, of your physical side? Do you care for your body? Do you think Jesus, I mean, how often do we do this? This is terrible to say this right before Thanksgiving. Come on, Lance. You get a pass on Thursday, okay? You can eat whatever you want. But, I mean, do we take a moment and say, does this please Jesus Christ before we do things? I take my dog for a walk, and there's like these, these trees. I have no idea. They drop these little fruits on the ground. They're about this big, and he loves them. And he eats them, and it does great damage to his system. Um, when he eats them, I... My condo is in peril. (laughs) Let me just put it that way. And so, and we've had conversations about this. These are not good for you. These do not do well for your system. They do not do well for my carpet. Um, Stop eating these. And he just, he doesn't pay attention. He still does it. He keeps doing it. So, and I think sometimes we're kind of like that. I know this isn't good for me, but it kind of feels good. So I'm going to do it. Is Jesus Lord of your physical side? What about your professional side? When you're at work, is Jesus Lord of your time at work? If you're retired, some of you are retired, is Jesus Lord of your retirement? You have gifts, you have talents, you have time. How do you spend that time? Now, that's not to say that it's not good to take care of yourself and Relax and then take some enjoyment out of life as well. Um, but are you acting in ways that are pleasing to God? Another area, professional and then mental. I think this is super important. What are you putting into your mind? What are you filling yourself with? 
What are you watching? I could have put political under this as well. But Paul writes to the Philippians, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Put those things into your mind. That will transform your life. So professional, mental, emotional. How are you doing in your emotional side? Is Jesus Lord of your emotions? Now, I want to be careful here because sometimes people think that being emotional is unchristian. Well, we certainly know it's unpresbyterian. But for some of us, um, we think it's not right. But if you look at Scripture, God's emotional. God experiences happiness. God experiences love. God experiences joy. God experiences sadness. God experiences anger. It's all in there. And we're created in the image of God. But allowing Jesus to be Lord of that emotional part of our life is important. And now finally, financial. Oh, Lance, I was with you until you got here. Financial, no, no. It's my money, I worked hard for it, I earned it. I'll let you know what we can do about that. You know, it's funny, when I meet with couples, I always say this, when I meet with couples, they'd rather talk about their SEX life than they would about their financial life. That's like, hey, that's private, stay out of that. But is Jesus Christ the Lord of your financial life? Last Friday, I went out with a friend named Peter. Uh, we went up to LA to see a concert. Uh, he's a musician, we met online in a Facebook group. Um, and he turns out he's a neighbor, and so uh, we, we do a lot of music types of things together. And he's a mathematician, and, an, and he's into analytics. That's his job. And he said a few years ago, a credit card company did a study, and they realized that they were able to forecast if a couple was going to get divorced based on spending habits. If... And his comment, because we both like music. So he said, if a guy spends $25 on CDs a month and then all of a sudden starts spending $75 on CDs a month, the credit card company would say, there's a divorce in the future. And the reason is because they're trying to take control of their life. And I want you to think about that. We want to be in control of our life. And when we feel like we're out of control, we kind of rein in the finances. And I think, I don't think I had ever realized it until Peter talked to me about that on Friday night, how much that ties with our need to tithe, to return to God 10% of our financial life. Because that is letting go of that control. That's giving back to God and letting him have control of all areas of our life. So hard for us to say, no, that's my money. But really, everything we have is a gift from God. And so God wants us to not allow our finances to control us because every time we say, I'm in control of my finances, that's really saying my finances are in control of me. 
So it's much more important for us just to kneel down at the feet of Jesus and say, no, Lord, you're in control. You have the throne of my life, even in the area of finance. So we have our, what we call the lovingly call, Eugene Wasson stewardship box. You have, hopefully if you, you might have brought your pledge cards for next year, um, Dick has a few more if anybody needs them that we can bring. Um, we're not going to do any formal thing where you bring it up, but you can just drop your pledge card into the box sometime this morning. Um, let me finish up. Perhaps you've never asked Jesus into your heart ever. And I want to encourage you this morning to say a simple prayer of saying, Lord, I understand you're standing at the door of my heart and you're knocking. And Lord, I want to open my heart to you and invite you to come in. I want you to be the savior of my life. There's no more important prayer for you to pray than that one. Maybe you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart, but this morning you've kind of realized, oh, I haven't really accepted him as Lord, as master, as the person who is in charge of my life. And maybe you've said, yeah, he's master in some areas, but not in all areas. Go back this morning and kind of talk amongst yourselves and say, gosh, you know, I really resonated. These areas I feel like I've given over to God, but maybe these areas I need to work on. We're all in process. Me too. This sermon was for me as much as anybody else. Trust me. Saying a simple prayer and saying, Lord, I give these areas over to you. So important. In response to these, I, we're going to sing a praise song, Lord, reign in me. And it's just this idea of giving all areas of our lives over to Jesus Christ.